And it's another lovely Tuesday morning here at Doable Discipleship. Uh, this is Doable Discipleship, a South by Church podcast designed to oh, grow and deepen your faith, otherwise known as... The show that helps you grow. I think that's Doug's first this time a terrible saying. and horrifying reversal of roles that just what happened. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> I'm caught utterly off guard by that. All right. Well, we are in uh, for a special interview today. We have our friend... Liz Puffer uh, joining us and talking about um, enduring suffering and how to walk in to people's pain with each other, how to not only approach pain and suffering yourself, but how to love others that are in that season as well. Yeah. Liz is somebody you may not have heard heard of before, but man, she is, she's got this reputation on staff of just being such a wise uh, and just incredibly uh, t- honestly, just talented person when it yeah. comes to entering into pain with people. When you got a problem, you call Liz. If you got a tough situation, you call Liz. That's the reputation on staff. And so you should feel real privileged that Liz <laughs> is coming on the show with us today. Uh, stick around. She'll be right back. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, let's start off with just an introductory question. I just want to hear a little bit about uh, your background, who okay. you are, how long you've been at Saddleback, um, how long you've been in ministry, that kind of stuff. Great. Well, I just celebrated my 25th year on staff. Woo! I know. And it's been Saddleback has been our church home for 34 years. Wow. So this is like we are super passionate. We love Saddleback. We are a life that was changed here. Wow. Um, our family was put back together here. And so wow. um, yeah, this is our home. So were you, you were here like way back in like the in the in high school, school days. Yeah. Yes. Touring back days, in the high right? School days. Yes. Wow. What was yeah. the first one that you attended? Like do you remember where you were? You were in a school gym somewhere? We were in Tribuco Hills. Wow. Yeah, we were in Tribuco Hills. And, and then you went through yeah. the tent season and the whole yes. deal. Yes. <laughs> wow. Amazing. We used to say the property looked like the moon when we first purchased yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, and we did the walk from Tribuco Hills over to the campus. Yeah. And so, yeah, very passionate about it. Good times. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Great. So, Liz, how would you describe your role on staff? What are some ways that you serve the Saddleback family and the community yeah. at large here? Yeah. Well, I am minister in pastoral care, mm-hmm. so I oversee and work with all of the life seasons, from our really good seasons to our really tough seasons. Mm-hmm. So part of what I oversee is like memorials and weddings and premarital counseling, hospital prayer, all of those kind of areas. So, you know, for the seasons that are really great, but literally for the seasons that are your worst ever, things mm-hmm. that happen in the community, we love to reach out to the community in their tough times. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you... you a part of your role, for better or worse, is entering into the seasons of life yeah. that are just really tough, sometimes mm-hmm. personal tragedy, things yeah. like that. Um, and when you when you enter into those moments with families, <clears throat> with members of Saddleback or people in our community, what's the posture that you take when you move into mm-hmm. that? I, I, I just know that for a lot of us, entering into moments of tragedy and of hardship we sometimes don't know how to act. Absolutely. Can you share your posture in that? Absolutely. Well, one of the things I really feel like it is a privilege. You mm. know, God has brought me or you or whoever's walking into this. And if he brings us into it, he's going to provide all that we need. Mm. So I keep in my mind that it is a privilege to walk this. And I don't have the answers. So very often I feel like so inadequate and I feel like, 
why are they, why am I the one in this? Mm. And I realize on my own power, there's no way I am qualified. And I feel that way a lot, like, wow, God, this is too big. What am I going to do here? And he provides. If he brings us into it, he's going to provide what we need. Mm. He, I'm the one that he brought in in this moment or whoever it is that he's brought to be with this family. And so I need to rely on him, not on me. Yeah. So kind of an open-handed Absolutely. willingness to be mm-hmm. used by God. Yes. <clears throat> Pastor Rick has talked a, a lot about um, the ministry of presence mm-hmm. and just showing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And that's a that's a ministry that you render yes. constantly. When you, when you first entered into this role, was that like a, was that challenging to figure out early on? You know, I don't know if it was challenging. I think the hardest part is to get beyond wanting to fix. Mm. You know, if I'm walking a season with you and you're in pain, in my flesh, I want to fix that. I want to say the right things. I want the situations to go well. And that's not Mm. my role. So with Rick teaching us ministry of presence, it just kind of put a framework around it. Mm show up and be quiet. We don't have to have the answers. And it's okay to say, I don't know. You know, um, it's okay to just be there, to say no words. I mean, so often you hear people who have lost a child or something and they tell the things people have said to them, you know, like, well, I guess God needed an angel or I guess God needed (laughs) your child more than you did. That's when you really realize no words are really good. Yeah. Really good. Mm -hmm. It's better to say nothing than to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And once it kind of gets out of your mouth, you can't yeah. get that back. No, you, you can't, can't the get clock it back. back. And you've lost credibility with that person. So mm-hmm. they, their wall goes up. But I mean, I say that, I think that's when you go into it and just say, okay, God, open my mouth when it needs to be open, close it when it needs to be closed. Mm-hmm. So you can't go in paranoid either, but you just go in and trusting God and praying continually while you're talking and listening to this person. You're saying, God, what do they need? Yeah. What do I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being sensitive to that. Go ahead, Jason. I think I think this may have I think I think as you were talking I think you may have answered this, but it, it'll give it a, just a little more a solidity here. Is so? How would you describe our role as believers yeah. when we encounter somebody in pain? You talked about the ministry of presence, mm-hmm. and you listed a couple of things not to do, or mm-hmm. you know, of, of things to think about. But how would you, you know, for the listeners, yeah. um, or perhaps it's something that they've been really scared to engage mm-hmm. with. Yeah. How would you encourage them and describe just how God calls us yeah. into that ministry of presence? Right. Well, I think in He's called us in this moment. And we are his hands, his feet, and his voice. Mm. We are actually Jesus in the flesh in that moment. And that's pretty intimidating to think of. But when we surrender to him and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is way above me, he brings what we need. He just brings you the word. So often you might find you say something to someone and you have no idea it meant anything. It was just some, And then later they will say to you, wow, when you said such and such, Mm. and you know it wasn't me, that was totally Mm -hmm. God. Those words, God used my words and put what went into their ears was exactly what they needed to hear. Mm. So just to be available and to be obedient and to be a clean vessel, you know, before you run out that door to help somebody, you say, you know, God, every morning, God, use me, forgive me, help me, Mm. make me a clean vessel so I can be available for you. So when you're in that moment, you can just surrender to him and allow him to use you. Mm. Now, I, I want to just talk for a minute about uh, our own, you know, personal experience with suffering. I don't necessarily yeah. mean those of us around the table, but just in general, as the believer lives life, we know that suffering is going to mm-hmm. be a reality. Right. It's something we're going to do. Jesus said yeah. that you will have trials, you will have trouble. And 
uh, I think at some point, each of us is going to have to learn as believers mm-hmm. how to endure those seasons right. of trial and difficulty. How would you say Christians are meant to deal with suffering in the hard, yeah. the hard moments of life personally? And what are the truths that, that we need to keep in mind when yeah. we enter into hardship? Well, I think, um, you know, Jesus is on the throne. That helps me to remember no matter what I'm going through, he is still on the throne and he is not surprised of what's happening. He's always been aware of this. He knows he's going to be there for me. And so I think just to, um, you know, I talks about in the book of James, um, when we go through suffering, I don't walk into suffering and think, wow, thanks God. I can see what you're going to do. That's just not a natural thing. But we know it. We know that God's going to use this for good. But we don't necessarily think that in the moment. And we certainly don't tell somebody in a crisis, oh, wait to see how God's going to use this. Mm. Um, But just to be aware that God has said he will never take us through anything, that he will not be there for us. I mean, for many years, I heard it even said, um, God will never um, give you anything that's you know more than you can handle, and mm-hmm. that's that scripture is talking about temptation. It's not talking yeah. about trials. And God will there will be things in our life that are bigger than us. Absolutely, they will be too big for us, but they will never be mm-hmm. too big for Him. So I think as as believers, as we go through things, we need to for one not try to just um, say I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. You know, I'm a believer. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. No, grieving is normal, natural. We need to do it. So sometimes we think if we grieve, we're not trusting God, and it's actually just the opposite. Mm-hmm. We're going to either pay now or pay later. So let's let's go through the grieving process early on. And I think our pastor showed us that so well when they went through their grieving mm-hmm. process. And they also showed us that people grieve differently. I mean, our pastor is very open to say mm-hmm. him and his wife grieved completely differently, but they both grieved in the way they needed to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's good for us to understand that people aren't going to grieve the same way as us and to allow them to grieve well and for us to enter into that suffering with them mm-hmm. and just be there, be there in the moment yeah. and allow them to um, cry, allow them to be angry, whatever, you know, it's okay to be angry. We don't have to pretend we're not because God already knows. Yeah. But one thing I would say about when we are angry, it's okay to tell God, but don't camp there. Mm-hmm. You know, go there and tell him. And, and even if you have to... Go to the place to say, okay, God, I will praise you, even if you don't mean it in that moment, mm. just to not just continue to stay angry with him. Mm. Bitterness is not, you know, you can go there, but help yourself get out of that too. Mm. We did an interview a number of weeks ago with Timory, mm. and mm-hmm. she was talking about yeah. a choosing to worship and choosing right. praise, yes. even when you're walking through those yes. hardest seasons. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it's very it's it's difficult, but when you mm-hmm. make that choice, yeah, you know, in, in just knowing that God is there, right, God is with you, absolutely, as you're doing. Yeah, I can remember going through a season where one of my sons was incarcerated, and it was you know we'd mm-hmm. been through many illnesses. We, my husband had had a brain tumor, heart attack, stroke, all these different things. But when something happens like that, it's different than a natural illness. Or I remember like. I, it was so difficult to face people. And I remember mm. the first time we went to church and just, you know, standing in church and trying to sing praises and falling apart. I mean, just crying. Mm. And I thought, you know what? It's okay. You know, I didn't want to fall apart at church. I didn't want to do that. But it was so healing for me. And every song that we sang was like he picked that song for the mm. first one when we were back in worship. So he always meets us where we're at. And then that has opened doors for me to help other people walk through that. He never 
waste the hurt. So mm-hmm. yes, absolutely choosing to praise him when you don't feel it. Putting on praise music when you want to put on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, when you want to get on the couch and just binge out on something, start with praise music, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's not what you want to do. Yeah. There's there's a real truth in that, that when we, when we sort of like, when we decide to, in a, in a, in a very tangible bodily mm-hmm. way to change our posture or mm-hmm. change our behavior, that it can actually produce an internal change. Absolutely. I remember C.S. Lewis talked about the idea that like, you know, if you want to be a nicer person, you should just pretend to be a nicer person than you really are. And you might soon find yourself actually becoming a nicer person. <laughs> and I think that is uh, something that translates across lots Absolutely. of different boundaries. Like there's a reality that if you will discipline yourself mm-hmm. with an external behavior, it can produce an internal right. change. Yep. And I think that's true regardless right. of whether we're dealing with suffering. Or... Absolutely. I think there's a little bit of fake it till you make it. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you open your mouth, let what come out of your mouth <clears throat> not be what you're thinking in your head right then. Yeah. So, yeah. I think for, for some people that rings as like, I, I can hear a person um, it kind, of, kind of having an objection saying like, well, that's that's not really an authentic mm-hmm. way for me, for me to behave. Right. But um, I think in fact, it actually shows mm-hmm. discipline. Right. Mm-hmm. It actually shows that we're, willing to submit to what we know is right, right to do in spite of how we're feeling. Right. And that actually shows a, mm-hmm. a very, I think, a mature and godly right. level of self-control. Yeah. Right. And I think to give people the um, ability to, like, I know when we went through the incarceration, there were many people I was not going to tell. They were mm-hmm. not, in my mind, safe people. They were not. And that is okay. My yeah. husband and I made an agreement with each other that we could tell anybody we wanted to, but we didn't have to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful because um, we told the people we knew that we were going to walk the journey with us, and they weren't going to judge us, and they were going to love us. Yeah. Our entire family showed not one iota of judgment, but of love. Mm-hmm. And it was really, those who were believers and those who weren't, it was really um, amazing to see how people can love you through your hard seasons. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's beautiful. So in, in James, we see one mm. of those verses that we're like, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something. Yeah. You could trim one out of the yeah, Bible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he talks about how we should consider it an opportunity yeah. for great joy mm-hmm. when we endure suffering because our faith has yes. a chance to grow. Um, so what are some of the character traits that pain can produce right. in a disciple? And then if you have some personal examples yeah. just of how God has grown you through right. trial and through tribulation, right. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I do not look at any kind of trial and go, ooh, here I am. Look yeah. at this. Yeah. He's really growing me. Great but, joy. Yeah, yeah. Great joy. No, Huzzah. It's, it, it's not that. And I would certainly never tell anybody, wow, this is great joy for you. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. But what I do know is in the darkest seasons of my life, and, the, and that was my darkest season, I was never closer to God. And there mm. were those times that I felt so on the edge. I can remember at night, like, you know, my family's watching TV, and I'm literally, nighttime's hard when you're in grief. Yeah. And I can remember, like, feeling like I'm so close to the edge and start processing going down the wrong roads. And I would pull my computer out, and I, you know, my family didn't know if I was on social media or checking my emails, but I would start journaling to God. And I would, I do the P R A Y, praise Him and thank Him, remember to confess ask for the desires of your heart, and yearn to hear his voice. And Mm. I would just start typing that. Praise you, Lord. And I didn't necessarily feel 
praise you, Lord. But I would do it and I would say it and I would type it. What if I praise yes. you? Yes, yeah, it was kind of like that, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then, um, you know, I would go through those and it was my way of just saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to allow these thoughts that are going through my head to go any further. Mm. I would do it in the car. I would do it anything. Anytime I needed it, sitting in a meeting, I would that would go through my head. But through that time, he taught me more than ever, I will never leave you. I will mm. never forsake you. But I will tell you, those were it was dark and it wasn't easy, but he never, ever walked away from me. And I had never needed him as much as I needed him in that time. And, you know, as our pastor says, sometimes you don't realize how much you need God till God is all you have. And when mm. no one else can reach you in that way, you know, I would never, I want to say, ever want to go through that again, but I can see all the good that God did in it. Mm. And I can remember him literally lifting me up when I couldn't even lift my head. And, mm. you know, so I I have a, and I'm able to meet people in that place. I now know what that place looks like. Um, yeah. So mm. absolutely, he works good out of it, without a doubt. Mm. What, what you're saying has so much to do with perspective, doesn't it? I mean, <clears throat> it's so easy like, if we're going through a time of difficulty mm -hmm. and trial for our picture of who God is to become warped. Right. Um, and as you describe that, that journaling practice, to me, mm -hmm. that just sounds like you making a conscious effort to say, I'm going to choose mm -hmm. how I'm going to think. Right. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be batted around by mm -hmm. the waves of grief or the waves right. of pain or frustration, but I'm going to decide this is this is the right. way I'm going to behave. And and don't you think God's word is such a helpful tool in mm -hmm. that season because you can it helps you maintain a clear picture of right. who God is objectively mm -hmm. according to His word and not just getting a clouded picture of Him right. because of the pain that you're in. Right. And I think that's uh, I think that's a pitfall that we tend to fall into with right. pain as we start to get a warped idea of God and we start seeing Him through a dim lens. Um, and we just do that because we lose track of right. what truth is. Um, so God's word is a huge resource in that. But this takes us into the next question, which is, um, we love plugging books and resources mm -hmm. on the show yeah. because you know, it just gives people more right. things that they can use to get handles on things. Any books or uh, helpful tools that you've uh, enjoyed over the years and found particularly helpful? You know, one of my favorite books, and I read this a long time ago, but it's The Most Loving Place in Town by Ken Blanchard. Hmm. And a lot of his books are really good, but that one was really good to just a very tangible book on how to just be um, wherever you are. If you're in the grocery store and there's something in front of you, you know, um, how we reach out and how do we be the hands of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think in those seasons, obviously, the more time you spend in God's Word, the better. And I found that for me, I would put on the Bible on audio and I would just listen to it. And, you know, you're not getting the same thing, but you're walking around the house and you're kind of filling your mind with mm -hmm. God's Word, even mm -hmm. though you're not just sitting and staring at it. But between praise worship or praise music and the Bible... I just knew I had a choice on which direction I was going to be go, and mm. I really wanted to not allow those thoughts, and I wanted to capture every thought, and so I would definitely go to... Um, I didn't read a lot of books in that time. I really pretty much just hung out in the Bible, because mm. there's, you know, I don't know, there's nothing better than the Bible. Yeah. There's 66 books right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. That's and, kind of like a whole bookshelf yeah, right there. exactly. So I did read books after... You know, I remember a few of the books I read after the really dark seasons, but in the dark seasons, I don't think I ever read anything but the mm. Bible. Yeah. 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 That's good. So Liz, for the listener who is hurting right now, mm, yeah. what is an, an action step 
that that you can share that can help them to cling to God and, and endure yeah. through this hard season? Wow. I mean, you know, I think just to verbally surrender it to them over and over again, because we surrender it and then we take it back and to just say, God, this <laughs> yeah. is too big. I can't do it. But not to isolate yourself, to reach out to somebody and say, I'm struggling and I really need some help. Reach out to a friend, to your pastor, to your church, whatever, but don't ever try to walk this alone. You need people to walk the journey with you. Mm. And as the church, we want to walk the journey with those who are struggling, but unless we know about it, we can't. So allow somebody into your darkness, into your uh, tragedy, whatever it might be, but pick somebody who you really trust. You know, there needs to be a few people around that will really walk it and have there be a few people so you have the ability to reach out to different people at different times. Mm. And um, just be honest with God, you know, spend time in his word, reach out to others and just um, make a commitment that you're going to hang on to him for all you with all you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we have some listeners right now that are struggling or are in a dark season, would you mind praying for them? Oh, I would love to. I would love to pray for them. Oh, Father God, we come before you, and um, we at this table all know what dark seasons look like, and everyone goes through them. You never told us it was going to be easy, and it isn't. Um, On earth, there will be challenges and trials, and that's where we are. Heaven will be perfect. So, Lord, you know who's listening right now, and you know what they need. My prayer is, God, that you would meet them where they're at, that you would bring um, your people around them to walk this season. Give them the courage to take the next step, whatever that might be. Just sharing with someone, calling their church, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Put it on their heart right now what the next step look like, looks like and give them the courage to take that step. God, you are good and we need you more than ever. I ask that you just walk with these people, help them through this time. Bring people into their lives that will help them through this. And help us as your church, as your children, to see people the way you see them and love them the way you love them. We need you. We trust you. And we pray all of these things in your precious and glorious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Liz. You're welcome. There's a, a couple uh, resources for anybody who's feeling like they're going through a really tough season. And we'll yeah. we'll put some next steps for this stuff in the show notes. But um, just want to point out the counseling ministry here at Saddleback, which is a really, uh-huh. really helpful tool for anyone who lives locally here around uh, around the Lake Forest campus. Um, Celebrate Recovery, uh-huh. I'm going to link to that as well. It's a great place yeah. to just get in community. Some of the pain that we experience in life um, can be because of our own hurts and habits right. and hang-ups. And if that's the case, Celebrate Recovery is a great place for and that. That's all over the world. So. Right. And that's right. everywhere. Right. We'll link you to the Celebrate Recovery website right. so you can find one near you. Guarantee you, you can. I think uh-huh. you could be in Antarctica, and I think there's still a CR <laughs> down there. Um, and then the minister of the day, if, if you um, are listening, you just feel like you need to talk to somebody, you just need to talk to a pastor like Stat, um, I'll give you the phone number for the minister of the day in the show notes as well. So you can give a call here at Saddleback. There's always a pastor who's sitting and waiting to talk with you. Um, so we'll give you that resource as well. There's there's um, lots of opportunities to get in touch with somebody who will care care for you through this time. Liz, we really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thank you. I'll have to have you on again sometime soon. <laughs> Thanks. I'd love to. Everybody, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. 
You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.